And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. Hi, guys. You're listening to the Jenna Ben Show. I have an amazing guest today, Jermaine Jr. Jones, 18-year pro soccer player and entrepreneur. How you doing, Jermaine? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I actually, um, when I ran your name by the guys over at Dash, they're like, oh, that's our boy. If you need us to make it happen for you, I'm like, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> but, <laughs> everyone knows you. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about you for the for the listeners who, who don't know who you are yet. How old are you? Where are you from? How long have you been in LA? And where do you live now? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in Germany. Been um, half American, half German mm-hmm. in uh how I said, born in Germany, grew up there for like most of part of my life and um, started in a young age playing soccer over there mm. and then, yeah, I fell in love in that sport and played it for 18 years. And um, I would say like then uh, in the age of seven, when my, my parents they split up in, mm. um, in, in our state in Germany with my mom, I started figuring out that sport is that what uh, gives me the passion and, and, and gives me the freedom to, to be myself. Yeah. And, um, so I stick with it and um, yeah, after 18 years now playing, I look back and um, I'm really excited for over my career. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you've done a lot and we'll definitely get into that, but your your dad was the American. He was an American soldier, I read. Exactly, yeah, he was the American soldier. He was there, he he was all over the place. So we, we can go back there. He, he got he got nine kids. <laughs> so no he, he he's all over the place. So he was working over there, created three amazing human beings over there and then moved on. Wait, just three? <laughs> three in Germany <laughs> okay. and the rest is all in America. I'm like, the six of you suck, no. <laughs> uh, okay, and then your mom's this like blonde bombshell German. Yeah, she's like, she she was a, uh, as, as a young girl, she was blonde, uh-huh. but now she's like uh, brown hair, but this is why you can see I have a kind of a mixed group of kids now. Yeah. Where all look different, have like a mix of, of, of black in them, but then on the white side too. So mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty amazing to see. It's really interesting. There's a, there's a whole spectrum. You guys have to check out his Instagram. What is it? Jermaine Junior. It's just Jermaine Junior on Instagram. Yes. Um, you guys have to check it out. He has the cutest video of his little girl at um, like she's she's like into it. You can tell by her facial expressions that her ballerina recital. Oh yeah, she's she's. <laughs> I tell you, we have like some people always ask me and come like, hey, come out, let's go party and like doing stuff. And I say, no, I have the best parties at home. Like, yeah, we we hit some music out there and like I just seen my kids jumping around and dancing is. It's excited and it's 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 more fun and you know, I think nobody outside can give it to you. Yeah, you said that um, that one in particular is like a mini you, right? Oh, she's mini me, hundred yes, <laughs> percent. I think that's so cute, daddy's little girl. So you have five kids, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. all plant based and compassionate towards animals. You were telling me about finding snakes on your property and <laughs> and and scorpions and how you guys just there's no killing, by the way. No. It's just removal. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, we 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 lived out there, out there in Calabasas. We sold the house now, and um, but we had a good time. It was like a, a year of a lot of experience, mm. learning the nature. You know, I'm a I'm a city boy growing up in Germany, Frankfurt. It's like have no uh, not a lot of nature. So mm. then now moving out to Calabasas and really having twelve acres for us and nothing, acres. yeah, nothing around. And um, you you step into rattlesnakes and yeah. tarantulas and scorpions and um, so. After a little bit, I got used to it, and um, in, and I got people in to teach me what to do if I see them because I had dogs and horses, and, and mm. especially my kids. So, yeah, they, they they teach me to catch them and, and and reload them and put them somewhere else. 
you were telling me about the guy, the snake guy with yeah. the truck and how he has this truck full of snakes. And, yep. and, and when I asked you about what he does with them, I was actually concerned that he was just selling them off for their skin, but you're like, no, they're his friends. <laughs> no, like, yeah, he's, it, I don't know his perfect, like right name, but I think it was something with snake, snake boy or snake guy. Uh-huh. And um, he loved them. Like he catch them, he give them names and like, it's, it is, it's, it's really impressive. And what I liked on it really, he's, he's coming to the property, he's checking the property. And if he finds something and your kids are around, He's trying to teach the kids. Mm-hmm. He really holds the snakes. The kids can touch the tails. He explains them what it is, what that can do, how they can hurt. And, um, and it, it is, it's pretty amazing to see that, um, that especially the kids there were absolutely excited. I love that. I love that you took the time, you know, because I think it's so important for parents to kind of educate their children on how to be responsible, compassionate adults, yeah. you know, cause it all starts as kids. Yeah. And so you're teaching them, you know, from a young age to respect animals and they're all plant-based, right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole house is plant-based. My dog is plant-based. So. It's so cool. <laughs> I love that. And they're yeah. all healthy. Yeah. No yeah. complaints. You really think that that's the way to be. Yeah. You know, um, it's really, really rare that my kids get like some colds and stuff like that. Like they're most of the time, every time in school, they never miss school. They're, they're just like human beings that are like outside 24 hours in, in the nature. In, mm-hmm. um, and then they they respect animals. They're, they're now figuring out what kind of animals are dangerous with not. So mm-hmm. sometimes they come back and they catch, they catch spiders, they catch other animals. And, <laughs> and then they, they, they try to keep them and, and, and pat them like their own dogs. <laughs> like, and, and I always like trying to explain them that that's not, yeah, possible. you're like, like you're you like to, some are okay and yeah. some we need to be careful with. Exactly. Scorpions. We don't want to have scorpions in the house. No. <laughs> um, okay, so soccer. So when did you first start playing soccer as a boy? Um, professional or in general? Just in general, like first time you kick the ball and realize you're good at it. Uh, I would say like um, in the age of five, six, I mm-hmm. started playing it. And um, what I said before, I came from a rough neighborhood. Mm. And when my mom and my dad split up so i grew up in germany most of part but um i was born and then we came back to the states we lived in mississippi for seven years mm. and then i came back between like six seven and my family split in and i needed a like a, a a place where i can hold on yeah and um and i don't want it to hurt my mom and, and show her like the feelings that i miss my dad and all that stuff so i i started like falling into the soccer into Soccer is the number one sport in, in, in Germany, right? Mm. So everyone plays it. And then I started playing it on the street with my boys and, and really loved it. And from there was just like, that's that's my stuff and that's my dream. So interesting because you're quite tall. How tall are you? I'm 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. So naturally, I would imagine you'd gravitate towards basketball, but that's not as popular in Germany. No, not at all. We we I had no idea, to be honest, when I came back here, I knew, of course, the big guys in NBA or big guys in football. Mm. But uh, the, the most of part players, I don't really know why. If you would talk about me about soccer, okay. But I was hanging out when I came back here 2010, around that time. I hanging out with a lot of people and sometimes like I meet people and they're like, hey, he's a big football player. And I'm like, yeah, good to know. Yeah, but yeah. I have no <laughs> idea who he is. <laughs> but it's like, it is, yeah, it is what it is. But in Germany, it's just like soccer. That's the number one sport and, mm-hmm. and there's people are focusing. Now it's starting a little bit like people starting like with MMA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's most of the time soccer. So interesting. Well, I'm hearing kind of across the board that soccer is the number one sport in the world. 
even though in the US, like my friend and I were joking, not too, it's not too popular within our circles, mm -hmm. but I get so many DMs from people asking when I'm gonna bring soccer yeah. stars on. So you're welcome guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I wanna go back to something you said about protecting your mom's feelings. Yes. At age seven, and I see, I really, I'm fascinated by human behavior. And I, I remember being kind of very sharp and aware as a, as a young kid um, about my feelings and then about how my expression of my feelings would impact my mm -hmm. mom and, and dad and you're validating the same thing. So what was that like? You know, um, I'm the oldest of five kids. You mm, know, the and, protector. Um, yeah, and so my, um, and my mom and my dad split up. And, and, and that's like always like a part what people always say, like kids are young, they don't know what, what happened, mm. they would adjust to this. And, and, but they don't understand if they're not rev, never been to it, you are, it doesn't matter how old are you, just you maybe don't can talk about it, yeah. but you still know what's going on and you figuring out that something happened to your family. Yeah. And, um, and for me, was it like just seeing it that my mom had a, now a struggle and had to figure out her life without her husband to, to yeah, bring food home for, 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 for her kids, right? And um, so I see her struggle uh, a couple of times and, um, and then as the oldest kid, you just don't want to give her more attention and show her that you hurt and that you feel that something is missing because she's trying her best and she's only this and um. Yeah. And this is till till the day, you know? So mm. I'm going through a divorce right now and, um, and I see it with my own kids and I try to protect them in, in the best way I can that they're mm -hmm. not getting that much involved that they don't see what's happening because I've been there and I know how, how painful it can be. And, um, and the same is with my mom. And when, when she calls me out and she's like, oh, I saw an Instagram this or that, you mm. look a little bit like down, is everything okay? And I'm like, no, everything's good. Like, well, oh. I know that she was starting crying and she's like, then, and then I get emotional. Then I'm like, right. oh, I don't want my <laughs> mom to cry. Crying, you know, yeah, like, it's sorry, the whole cycle. Like, and so I'm like, no, everything's good. And with my dad now, we back in touch and we have good context. He lives in LA. Mm. Then it's a different story. We talk and we like, man, we're like, look, he comes out, we have tequila, we talk and, yeah. <laughs> and go over all that stuff, you know? And he's like, look, man, you, you're my boy, you're my son, you're young, you look good, go out there, there's different women, take care of your kids, you know? It's a complete different story and talk, but, um, I think mom is always the same like your daughter, so you always want to protect. That's so sweet. But what I want to say as a woman, thank you for the support. However, we're more resilient than you realize. And I will speak for myself because I'm not sure all women agree, but I do think that there's a large population of women that would prefer to just really know what's going on and give us the opportunity to then be there to support you or express that we can't handle it, you know? Because I would want to be in the loop. I, I know, you know, like I would say, like the special is your mom or your, your 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 sister or maybe your wife or something. I know it's always like that. A woman wants to be in the loop, right? And mm -hmm. they want to know. And in and, and then a different part stronger will believe than a man, right? And, yeah. And this is why you give you both the support. But I think as a man, in 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 tougher situations, you know, just from feeling and you knowing the girl, you mm -hmm. know that she's maybe not in that situation can handle it in the right mm -hmm. way. So you don't want to give her more attention to it because she said this way, like, I know, okay, I have maybe a month where I go to a, uh, a rough time, mm -hmm. but then I'm good and I'm focused on, okay, we'll go work, work, I have my kids, I have to fo be focused, you know? Yeah. But then 
I don't want to bring my mom in the loop, but I know she will have maybe a tough time for like two or three months right. going through it. And then she would call me every day, every day. And, and for me, it's maybe already done. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's still like, you good? Is everything okay? I see this happening. It's all oh, what happened. And then I don't want to be in the circle that's like running the whole time. So I'm I like, I totally just, get that. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm good. You're in Germany. I'm here. If something is going wrong, I let you know. You mm. know? So everything's good. So I think what it really comes down to, ladies, is if we want to be in the loop, then it's our responsibility to be strong for the person sharing their load with us. And what that means is don't drag them back through the emotions because you're then being compassionate, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a mistake a lot of us make, not just women, but it's like we want to show support. So we keep asking, is everything okay? And all that does is kind of like reopen that wound. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then men are like, you've got this, go. And so we kind of gravitate towards talking to people that allow us to feel stronger, not necessarily supported. Isn't yeah. that funny? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. In, in, and I can see it in, in the way now where I go separate and, and get going through this whole divorce, right? Mm. And the reaction of men and women is completely different mm-hmm. when they come to you and they're trying to talk. And both sides try to help you. Right. But then the man's side is coming and be like, let's go out, let's have fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, you had, you got that. You yeah. Know? And the woman is like, tell me what happened. Like, why you guys broke up? Like, but what you, did she say? You know, like, <laughs> you're, you're so nice as a couple and like, oh, you kids. And, and you're like, yeah, I get it. But just move on. Just at the end, it's like being a human being, be respectful, be thankful for the time you spent like, or you had together. Mm-hmm. And now move on, enjoy your life, you know, see what comes. Like the future, nobody knows what happens. Like, yeah. If I maybe come back with her or not, like nobody knows. So, but for now, for that window right now, it's just like there's no path for us both together. So move on and, and see what's coming next. And we will be always connected because we have five kids. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that you're maintaining your respect for her, not only as a mother of your kids, but as someone who you loved and spent a significant amount of time with. So cheers to that. Let's actually dip into our Azunia Black. Take Have the whole you- bottle. Oh, <laughs> I swear, all of my guests are out, out doing me. Cheers. Cheers. I have to tell you, my te- I'm a tequila guy. Mm-hmm. So I love tequila. That's a good one. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. They're the fastest growing uh, organic tequila company in the nation, Azunia Tequila. Um, I love the guys over there. I'm so happy to help them promote their brand. This tequila is actually... <laughs> aged in whiskey barrels for two years. So you taste like the Mm -hmm. vanilla and the caramel. It's really good. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive in. So I always ask my guests about their first job ever. I find it fascinating. What did you do? My first job? Yeah. Let me think about it. I don't think I had a job. (laughs) My first job where I made money was I played soccer. Really? So when did, what age was that? When 18. you started to generate income? Almost 18. Yeah. So how did that happen? How were you like discovered? Um, I was discovered around age 13. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my cousin, we played in a, in a neighborhood. Like, so what happened, we played in a neighborhood where we grew up. And then um, and now, uh, and, and we said like here and then you play. Then Compton came and said, oh, we're interested in these two kids. Mm. So we went to, to Compton to play there. But then it was like, they don't pay us money, but they pay like the whole shoes they picked us up from, mm. from, from school and all that stuff. So taking care because both of our moms, their sisters, they were not able to drive us to the training and stuff. So they took care of all that stuff. 
That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was in, in, we enjoyed it. The, the neighborhood where we went was kind of more the rich neighborhood. Mm. So we had a lot of new friends and like they're like living in houses. We just had apartments. And yeah. So we hang out more in that area. You know, they had like the beautiful women, you know, the young <laughs> girls. And yeah. So in, um, but um, but it, in, in then in the age of, I would say like 14, the biggest team, like Eintracht Frankfurt, where I made my first play my game for the professionals. They reached out and they said, okay, we interested in this two kids and we pay you guys money. And then we went over there. We went to school over there. Then my cousin got cut a year after I stayed and, um, and then I started making money there with 16, 17, mm. made my, my money through playing soccer. And, um, yeah. And then from there I'm with 18, my first professional contract. And then. So exciting. And I bet you took care of your mom to of some course. extent. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I can already tell that about your character. Love that. Okay. So take us through your career a little bit. So you started at 18 and then naturally, um, I mean, 18 years in the industry, mm. you bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. So just kind of give us the highlights. Um, so yeah, with 18, I came up in, um, it, it was really uh, an overnight shot because um, I trained with the first team. In, and had not in a loop to, to, to be in the roster for the first teams and games. So I'm just too young. And, um, mm. and then one day I went with, um, with my best friend, who's still my best friend. He's in Germany. Um, we went to a game, but he's a big supporter of that club. And we watched the game from, from the stands. And, um, and I told him, I said, like, man, I, I have to do it. I want to be around there. I want to help my mom. I want to help my, you know, we, I want to get out of this whole thing. And this is the, 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 the spot where I can do it. And, Three days later, I get a call and they tell me like, yeah, you maybe travel with a team to to Berlin. You know, it's like a it's a, it's a good team in that in that team. Yeah. In back in the days. And I was like, OK, cool. And then we traveled over there and I had no idea that I would maybe get a chance to play or something. And then the coach came the night before and says, I think I will let you play. And wow. I, and I was like, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you will play. And I'm like, OK, back to my hotel room call all my homeboys. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Wait, guys, did you call them on conference or one after the other? Like one after the other. Uh -huh. Back in this, like some people I hit up with the people, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. give me a call back, bro. And, uh, but I was so excited. And then the day came and then we, 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 we played at the game and I played miserable, like bad, like really bad. Mm. Just young kid and got thrown into a man's sport in, um, in, um, halftime got subbed off and next day, in every newspaper in Germany, like who's this kid? Wow. Who's this ghetto kid? He's not. He has not the quality to play here. And like, it's like they were bashing you. Oh yeah, I got like you know they have a ranking like so number one is like the best and like six like the worst. Six is the worst. Yeah, so okay. they they gave me like the six like everywhere. I was in the newspapers everywhere big like who's oh, this kid? He's God. not good for good. And we lost like four zero or something. Mm. And everything was on me like three goals from over my side and everything. And I was like sitting there and I was like oh damn. What what, walk me it? through your emotions in that moment. I mean, are you thinking I'm going to push forward? Or are you thinking I can't do this? I think it's like you so excited when you're young that you go out there and you like, you're happy just to be there. But then it's like, just like you go walking out and there's like a 70,000 people watching you play yeah. from before, like maybe five people on a training right. session, you know? <laughs> so, and then you walk out there and then now you're playing against a grown man. I'm 18. The guy who I played in that time, he was, 30 or kind of, mm. he, he completely run over me, you know, and in halftime, the coach came and he said, look, 
that happens. Like you young, mm. there was mistakes. We would talk about it, but you will, you will, you will get another shot. You know, I was like, yeah, but it's not my position too. And I want to play striker. I played right back. And, and he's like, I know, but this is like where young guys have to go through. Like I throw mm. you in and if you want to play, that's the opportunity to play, you know? And I was like, okay. Then I got like smashed in the newspapers everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, going home and talking with my friends, my best friend, he's like my closest guy. So I always talk with him if, if I'm really in trouble and, and I ask him, I say, what do you think? And he's like, well, he's a supporter. So first of all, he he, mm. he got angry that we lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes like, man, you played damn bad. Like <laughs> He was I'm honest like, with you. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. And then we talked about it and yeah. And then it's like what it is. Like you have two two options. You go back and work hard or you let it go, you know? And, mm -hmm. I decided to go back where I knew what my goal was and that was going out and getting my family out of this area where I grew up. And yeah. So I don't want to let them down. So I just worked worked my myself back and got them the chance to play in my real position mm. as a striker. And that was then the change. Like we, we made it. Uh, I got uh, with 19, I got uh, picked then for the first 11 in, in, in mm. 20, I moved for like over 20 million uh, out to another team, got a big contract and, and all that stuff. So, and that was like in, in uh, I would say in one season, everything changed completely. In one season. So now you're 18 years old. You went from being the most hated player on the team, number six, like you said. Was there ever a moment where you thought to yourself, I can't do this? Oh, yeah. There's this. There's, I had a lot of moments in my career where I said like, okay, you know what, like, I'm done with it. It's just like, it's not me, you know? Mm. It's, um, I love it to play it, but then it's still like, a lot of people don't know that that athletes have to live with pressure day in and day out, you know? Right, and, and it's not just the pressure of playing, it's the pressure from everyone around you, it's the pressure of supporting exactly. your family, it's the pressure in the media and keeping it up appearances. It is in general, everything, if you see it, just like, you know, the toughest part is like, you will get credit, or like people would tell you that you don't do good or bad, you know? Mm. And um, if that's family and friends, you take it. But if you in a, a public figure and like in you in a young age, there's up and downs. Like, of course, like I had then big cars and you know, I, I was the super guy. Like I was the LeBron James in the city where I came from, where mm. I, this was my city where I grew up. You know, yeah. being professional with the young age, driving with 19 in Lamborghini, I had a Porsche and, and wow. all that stuff. In, 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 you don't realize that it can go up, but then there will come 100% down where right. you play not good. And this is then the time where all the newspapers, everybody, this is where they get their, their, their rankings. So they they hit you and they, they punch you for everything you did, you know? And, mm. and, um, and there's the moments where you say, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm like 19, I want to go out, I want to enjoy my life, I want to party, I want right. to do this, what all my friends do in that age, but I get smashed on everything I do. So mm -hmm. I get suspended, then I got, pushed away to other teams and, and everything, you know? And then I, what I said before, with 20, I moved to uh, two hours away to a different club. And I was ranking like one of the number one players in that age mm. and had an amazing contract and everything and played six games because I moved with my whole entourage, my whole home yeah. boys. We had an apartment and that apartment turned in more to a party apartment. And, mm. and, um, and, and I, I lost track on the game. Right. You know, it just was like just out and party. And then at one point the coach came and say, I caught you, you play with the second team. And wow. I still had the money, but you knew that if I'm not now show up on train and, and show them that I'm better than that, what they think, yeah. my career will be finished with 20. Right. So it's like you have your pot of gold at the moment, 
but you're not going to keep generating more income. Exactly. So what did you do? Um, I called that time. I called my agent. And I said, you know what I want to do is um, I I'm still young and I'm two hours away from home and you know I feel like I need my family around me. Mm. And my mom was a a, a, a big influencer in, in my whole in my whole career. So when oh. we always talked and. And I'm a real family guy, and I'm, so I said to him, "Is there an opportunity to go back to the team where I come from?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Like, get it? Like, they don't want you back. Like, you, they let you go when you were just like partying and, mm. and having like girls and like doing all that. Like, what at the end a young guy does in that age? Right. But they don't want you. They they want to focus on the game. You know, I was like, oh damn. And then, of course, then at one time I had that luck. I went back in. Um, I was always good with the president of the of the club, and I'm still really good with him. Mm. And I I run into him in the nightlife, and I'm like, and he's like, "How you doing? What's going on?" And I'm like, "You don't you don't hear it? Like I'm not playing anymore in the first team. I'm in the second team, mm. and it's disgusting. I'm have to run there with like, that has nothing to do. It's like I played in front of seventy thousand. Now there's like three hundred people. Oh you know? wow, like, that big of a difference, huh? Oh yeah, and I'm like. Can you not help me? Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Help me to push me in somewhere, you know? Yeah. And he's like, JJ, I'm, I'm, it's tough. You know, let me see what I can do. I'm trying, but I cannot promise to you. And I was like, okay. Then three days later, he's like, can you meet the coach from the first team? Nice. And I was like, yeah, I think so. You're like, I will drop I'm like, everything. <laughs> I'm like, where? And I knew where I, where I stayed. And it's a, it's a town in Leverkusen. And it's curling. It's like 30 minutes where the coach was living. Uh-huh. And, um, so he's like, let's go meet. So I went over there to meet him. And he made it pretty clear. He said, look, I like you as a man, as a boy. Like, you have that edge on you. You're not one of the guys who wear tattoos already. And like, mm-hmm. that was like a no-go in, in the league back in the days. So, oh, really? Yeah. Tattoos was like, oh, you you come from the ghetto. And like, I had all my yeah, newspaper was ghetto boy. And like, you know, and I was like, I told him, I was like, I want to get this image. I want to get this away. Like, mm. I'm not really a ghetto boy. I'm not in trouble. I always been maybe hanging around with my boys, but I was not the one, you know? And, mm. and he's like, no, I get that. I, I tell you now, he said, I give you the shot to get you back, but we have to pay the, the payment, have to go down. But you're young enough to prove the people wrong. Mm. Then maybe after this, go to a better team and do it everything. And I said, whatever you tell me, I come. And he's like, okay, I'll give you this. Three things: no party, no fast cars, mm. and you be on point at training every day. And I was like, uh, "So you had to go back to being Joe Schmo, regular guy." Yeah. And then I did that. I just my normal car, went to training every day, not partying at all. In mm. after playing with him one and a half year, moved to the biggest team I played my whole career most of the time. Wow. In. In, turned into a national team player for Germany, national team player for America and everything. So most of the part, I have to thank him. What's his name? Uh, Friedhelm Funko. Yeah, okay. German guy. I don't know how to pronounce that, but <laughs> shout out to you. And um, what is your best friend's name? Selam. He's from Eritrea. He, and he's been your best friend your entire life? Oh yeah, he's my best friend. Like I have, I would say like I have three best friends. They all grew up with me. My mm. my cousin does. He's coming today with his kids and his wife. Oh, nice! And, um, From Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I was in Germany and had a dinner and we went out with the with the boys and um, it's my younger brothers always now hanging out with us too. And um, then an Italian guy, Eritrea, and my cousin is half American, half German too. Oh, I love that. I think that um, it's so nice to see people hold on to their relationships throughout their lives. 
that's a real testament to your character and your ability to resolve conflict. Cause of course there's going to be conflict in any situation, yeah. but, um, Think your character is really on point. I'm glad to have you on and talk to you. <laughs> so I want to know what would you say is the highlight of your career? Um, the highlight for sure is uh, the World Cup 2014. Mm -hmm. That was um, scoring against Portugal. Yeah, I read about that. That was like, I mean, you're known for it. Yeah, that's that's like the Odell Beckham catch, right? Like yeah. Every time, like every go, everywhere I'm going, people are like, I love that goal. And no. I'm like, <laughs> like, you know that I had a lot of different goals too, yeah. and I played a lot of games, but. You know, it's 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 something what what makes it so excited is um, that I've been a part of this generation who helped soccer to grow here in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, and totally, especially this 2014 World Cup was um, we had the most support on American people in the World Cup in general. Yeah, like, and um, if you see all the public viewing around this country, what just amazing and um, this country is it's coming in soccer, you know, and it's, it's totally. It is, I see it growing, and it is growing, and 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 I'll be sure it would be at one point it would be the number one sport. If you just see the numbers, if you go with the Super Bowl final, it's like 120 million people watch it. Mm -hmm. But then you go with the World Cup final, it's 1.2 billion people watch. That's it. insane. It's There's like, so much money in it. The players uh, make stupid money, right? It is crazy. More than more than like American like football, like yeah, basketball yeah. teams. If you go over the the top guys, yes, definitely they make way more money. Damn. Taking over. <laughs> so, okay, I want you to walk us through what it felt like to score in okay. Portugal. Um, my kids, I knew that would be so excited for the World Cup. Mm. So I say, you know what, take it just and see it as the last tournament. And maybe then after that, nobody knew it, but I say maybe after this I'll retire. Wow. And you know? going then into the World Cup is like, I just enjoyed every game. Mm. And I knew my kids would be up there. I saw them. They were staying like next to our hotel in Brazil, and and we always talked. And and I have one of my sons is like juniors. He's like completely kind of mini me like me. He loves. He wants to get dreadlocks. He wants to get uh. tattoos. He's already playing soccer, and and he comes and he always says. And then he came again Portugal. He's like, you will score, you will score. That and is so cute. And I told him I said like you know you know dad is not scoring that much. I'm more <laughs> like the defense got part. And, and he's yeah. like no you will score you will score. And then, yeah, to that moment, and I just the ball drop back after a corner, take a touch, and, and see that the, 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 the chance is open to, to shoot. Mm. And um, just take a shot, and um, goes in, and then it's emotional, right? You, you know that you, with that with that shot, with that goal, you will stay in legacy for United Soccer, soccer you know? Yeah. And, um, so you will be named in, 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 in a World Cup, you know? And so, and then after this, that the, the part after was for me more seeing exciting, like the fans in around the whole world, yeah. like how they were partying and everything. And then having pictures of my own kids crying. Oh my God. It was like for me, like just the best. I got chills. That's so sweet. Yeah. I can tell you're super family oriented. And like, even just the stories you shared with me before the show about spending so much time with your kids and then building a soccer field in your home for them to play. And then you had all kinds of like swings and, yeah. and what, what else did you build in your backyard for the kids? We oh, had, you had the horse stable. Yeah, we had a horse stable. We had a soccer field. We had zip lines. Zip lines. Yeah. We had like, I don't know, like how you call it, the how you can, how you call it when you can walk on it and it's wobbling. Like they have it in Venice everywhere. It's like a like a, a line, like in the air and then uh -huh. you can walk on it oh, to have um, your balance and like. Like a tightrope. Yeah, is it like, and then they can jump on it and they sit on it and they make tricks. I don't have no idea how to do it, but my kids, they wanted this, so we did That's it. That's so too. cool. 
Yeah. I'm actually mad that I didn't meet you sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your first, oh shit, I'm famous moment. Was that after that goal? Um, or probably came before, cause you've been a pro for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would say like in America, it was the, of course the, the World Cup in the 2014, the goal, mm -hmm. you know, before. But then the part is this, I loved it before because we came here, mm -hmm. you know, I had the, I had my money, I can live a good life and yeah. I had fun, I can go out and nobody cares. They were paparazzi and they're taking care of them. Right. And I can go in and out in the club, nobody knows who I am, mm. but I enjoyed my life, you know? And, and I had then, in Europe, I had the complete opposite where everybody's looking, mm -hmm. who you're hanging with out, what are you doing? And so this was my go away, you know, with the family here. Yeah. In, um, but um, like the first time to realize, I would say was, it's a funny one because um, me and my homeboys, back in the days, we never got into clubs, right? Yeah. Never. Because <laughs> you're like a bunch of big dudes and they're Every like, time. oh, they're hey. probably patting you down everywhere you go. <laughs> everywhere where we show up. It's just like you had an Italian guy, two mixed guys, in a, in a, and then maybe like five black guys. You know? and, and no girls. No girls. No one's getting into the club yeah. with those odds. And, and it's so funny. Like we were trying everything. Sometimes we were like going outside of the clubs, taking like talking to girls and say, can we walk with you guys? Yeah. We split up the groups and still they picked us out and they're like, you, no, you in the back no doesn't work. And then like the girls just keep walking in and we're like, yeah, no loyalty. Okay, let's go back, you know? And then at one point when I started being professional in the same town, the same guys who I go since I'm young, we come not in for the long time of period, the same style, the same people, I made professional, I made a name out there. Mm. The same guys, we walk into the best clubs and we have the best yeah. tables in the club. Then Isn't I knew, it funny? I was like, okay, a lot of stuff changed. And then <laughs> the promoters come, the, the owner of the club comes and like, hey, you, you guys wanna have fun? You wanna mm. have some girls on the table? And I'm like, kind of that's disgusting, like how you guys see us, you yeah. know? Like in the beginning, and then I made a big news uh, in the newspapers, I make a big story about it and said, I don't like that, that people just get judged on how they look mm -hmm. because um, and this is a part what I really loved in America. When you see really successful people, they can have tattoos in their face and stuff, but mm -hmm. still you can judge him what he decisions he picked for himself, right? And um, it doesn't mean that I have to put a tattoo in my face, but it doesn't mean that I'm a better person than him. Maybe right. he's more successful than I'm, you know? And, but in Germany in that time was really tough. So they picked us always. And then in that point, I made a big, in, in, a, in a big newspaper, I made a, an article about it. And then it started changing a little bit. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's the point where I figured out like, now hot girls want to hang out with you. <laughs> like people- Oh, come on. You know? You're a pretty attractive guy. I would imagine you've always had the hot girls on your arms, <laughs> but it was like next level hot. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, the, the point is like, which girl really want to come if you hang out with like nine boys? like. There's not really one girl who's like, hey, you know what? I like you. Let's hang out with the nine boys, you know? So I always like, huh. hang out with my boys. That was the, the most important thing in the beginning, to be honest. And then, mm. you know how it is, like, after then playing and everything, you're going out to clubs, then you you figure out that the interest of girls coming more and they know who you are. And, and, and then, of course, you have to figure out who's the good ones and who's the mm -hmm. bad ones. Who's going to take you for all you got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So now you have this fame. You're getting in everywhere. You're getting invited to all these crazy parties. What's the craziest party you've been invited to? I cannot talk about it. Really? Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Was it like yeah. a bachelor party or was it a celebrity's party? It was a celebrity party. Damn. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm getting the scoop offline and I'll feed you what I can. <laughs> 
Um, all right. What does it take to become a pro athlete? Um, that's a question I get asked a lot, especially now where I retired and, and be around like soccer communities and parents and they want to see like what's the best for the kids. Mm -hmm. you know? But, um, you know, everybody gets pushed from, from a different emotion, from a different background, you know. So in, um, the most important is just that the kids have fun. That's the most important in the beginning. In, in, in then if in, in, I always say with my kids what I say, I let them do whatever I want. I have twins. One is like completely soccer in. He watched the games. He, he, he can go with me to games. He sits and he watches it. Now I have another one. He's making flick flags and, and, and all other <laughs> stuff over there. You know, he's not interested to all, at, at all. all. Yeah. But then if he comes and plays, he's good, mm -hmm. you know? And for me, it was as, as a dad, I'm, I made in the beginning always some mistakes to say to my kids, do this, do that, do this. I know it, trust me, it will help you. And just mm -hmm. what happened was I pushed them away and they started playing baseball. You turned them off. You know, and I was like, by baseball, I'm trying to do the same. And I'm like standing behind the cage and I'm like, maybe you have to swing like this. And he yeah. turns around, he's like, you've never played baseball. Can you please be yeah. quiet, you know? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I get it. And then to figure out just that, let him play. You know, that was what made me, my mom maybe had not the chance to be every time there. So I just played outside. I played mm -hmm. in training. I played in, in the games, and and I just fell in love with the game. And this is more, I think, the most important thing. You have to fall in love with the game, and then all the stuff will figure out from. Why you will go to stages where we say in a young age you just love the game. Then in the age of 17, 18, maybe the girls coming, mm. you get interested to girls, and you, then it's the first part where you say like, I go girls in nightclubs, or oh, I stick with my soccer, right. and like, you know. So. It's it's everyone is different, and you have to just as a parent, I would say, just let him involve himself and, and see where he goes. So Arnold Chan, um, fight trainer, choreographer on my previous show, he said that success is when passion meets opportunity. Yep. And I think that that's consistent with your story because you were passionate about soccer. And then the opportunity kind of found you, and like you know, you went, you weaved around in your career, and like you yeah. you had some hiccups, but the opportunities kept finding you because exactly. you were passionate. Yeah, well, you, you the, exactly you, you will have up and downs in everything you do, right? Yeah, it just just like shows up like how much passion you have to stay with it, in mm -hmm. in how much you love it to to stay away. The same what I said in my career was not always like everything top, so mm -hmm. that I said like oh I love the game and it's, oh, it's, all is perfect. There was moments where I said I hate the game. Mm -hmm. But still, my passion was like that. I was like, I love it too much to, to, to not do it. The same like now I'm retired and I'm not going to games where I still have the passion myself that I like to more be on the field and play instead of sitting out there and making the TV, you know? So, so you don't want to be on the field anymore? No, I'm, I'm, I'm playing now indoor, doing stuff there. But my, my next goal is like I have different projects what I do and then I want to uh, maybe look into coaching. Really? Yeah. So would you, um, what level would you coach? Um, I, I coached already prof, uh, in 18, 19 boys, uh -huh. but now I finished up all my license. So I'm mm. available to coach professional. And um, I'm looking into definitely to coach MLS in here in America. Just I think that's a perfect fit for you because you're so good. I mean, I actually haven't seen you interact with kids, but the way you speak about them, you have the right kind of patience, I think. Um, to help nourish them and help them grow. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I, where I come from is just like what I said before. So it's a rough neighborhood, and, and, and there's a lot of kids that can't really 
adapt to it and they can see themselves in that what I did, you know, in um I was not, it sounds bad, and it's like, but I was not good in school and I'm not focused on school and uh, mm-hmm. I just focused on the sport. And now when I go to people or kids and say to them, you have to focus on school, like, trust me, I had to work so much harder at the end now with the older age to catch up with stuff where you have the opportunity as a young kid already to learn, you know, so. Like what, like what opportunities would school give an athlete? It's, it's in, I would say like in general, where you have just a short time of period where you're playing. And mm-hmm. then you have so much long time, like period. Right. Of then you life. have to think of life after sports. So what's coming after? So use all your knowledge you have, maybe what you what you can learn through a younger age to school, and then maybe being professional, but don't drop out of school. Maybe figure out how you can make both. You know, just mm. to to have an opportunity. To, if you say like, okay, you know what, soccer maybe is my passion, but I don't need it anymore. Why I have to do this, and I want to go with something else. Mm. Why I have the knowledge to do it. It's so much better than to say, oh damn, soccer's maybe finishing a year and I don't have school, I don't know really what to do. I don't right. know. So what is, can somebody help me? You know, right. and then you have to go out there and, and you get maybe a job where you don't really love and you don't have the passion for it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's a danger, you know, you can see, especially with older players back in the days, they yeah. have like a lot of people dropped out of their career and then they get no money anymore and then they're bankrupt, you know? And, in the new generation, I love it to see it, but they're focused on different stuff. You see it mm-hmm. like they're working with social media already. They're doing Yeah, like, they have like their protein line exactly. or clothing line. They're trying line to or... build like a brand around that. Yes, you know? so and smart. That's, and that's important, you know, you have to know that. And, um, and, and that's something where I try to always increase kids so that use your power you have now, mm-hmm. right now you're the player, then waiting till you finish, where then it's just finished, nobody cares. So, right. And then you start something new, people be like, you walk good back in the days. Right. You know? But what do you do now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So God, it's tough out there. So if you're the coach, are you the person that's gonna have to like keep the players in line if there's conflict on the team? Is that the coach's responsibility or is there like a manager that handles? Because there has got to be conflict on the team between a bunch of dudes in a locker oh, yeah. room, you know, sleeping yeah. with each other's chicks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I learned over the whole years I played, I said professional doesn't matter if it's like football, basketball, all professional, they're like babies. Yeah. You give one a can, like a lollipop, you have to give the 20 other ones a lollipop right. too. Otherwise they're like, why is he getting one and I'm not, you know? Is he special? And, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, 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 that's a tricky part, right? You have to have a, a coaching staff, but then at the end, it's not a, a, a one-man one man sport, right? You have soccer, you have 28 players. Yeah. Kind of, so in every weekend you can only roster 18. So this, of course there's conflict in them, but I think it's always important to have conflict because that keeps you, keep you moving. So what would you say is like the number one type of conflict on a team full of 28 men? Like, what are they fighting? What are you guys fighting about? It's, it's, I would say like, it's the, the, the big thing is money. Really? So you guys will have arguments within each, within like in the locker room, you guys are talking yeah. shit to each other about money. It is um, now, but it's, you know what it is? It's like, especially in Germany, it's like everybody get paid through. So if you play, you get, we say just the numbers. So if you say like you play, uh-huh. you can make 2 million. Right. But if you not play, you make 1 million. Okay. So if I play, I make, and I'm in the same position with you. So I take money from you. So we not maybe best friends. Oh, I see. You know? Because well, I have a, I have a wife. She wants to live. I have kids that want to go to a nice school. So yeah. if I sit on a bench and I make just a million and you play, you make two million, you happy. 
but so, I'm not happy. Right, there's competition between so, you and the person yeah, in your position. Exactly, and so then it's like situations in training where it's like 50-50 situations. In uh -huh. maybe a midfield and a striker, you pull away. Mm. But then it's like you're same position, you not pull away. And you go to risk and maybe get hurt or hurt somebody. Just, just like it's, it's a business, it's a work. So this one said like you have in a, in a younger age, there's a lot of keep the passion and enjoy the game. Mm. And then when you make a professional, that's where it's like now it's money involved. It's, it's like a, life it's, or death, it's my really. Job, you know? Yeah. And we feed the family. So that's a different story. Well, okay. So, I mean, opposite of conflict, you guys had some good times in the locker room. Tell us a story about the, the guy who was afraid of the spider and you brought the spider. <laughs> yeah, like, um, this was the time when I played in Galaxy, um, my, last, my last year of my career. And um, we had a conversation with Ashley Cole. Most of, I think a lot of people would know him. He played for Chelsea and in, uh -huh. in England, national team player. And, um, so we had a conversation and, and he told me that he hates spiders. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then one, <laughs> one day I, I caught a, uh, a tarantula at my house mm -hmm. and I put it in a box and I took it to training and then we dropped it on his, on his uh, locker room where he was sitting uh -huh. and, um, and he, he went away to get like some treatment or some tape or something. And then he came back and he was sitting and everybody's already like having their phones out and everything. He guys, and he looked around and he's, <laughs> he's like, like, what's going on? What the heck? Why is everybody looking at the phone? Like what's good? And then, he just see like the spiders coming up. He's like <laughs> jumped and the spider took off. We don't, I think it's still maybe somewhere in the locker room. Oh my God. Can you guys imagine there's this big ass tarantula just lingering around the locker room now? Yeah, that poor was, guy, you probably ruined his career. No, he was like, he was laughing. He was like, after he, I was not, I don't know in the beginning that he's really so scared of it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking like, he's like just saying like, okay, you right. know how people Messing say, around, yeah. oh, I don't like spiders, I don't like snakes. But then when I saw him, really, it's like he, he was trying to step on it. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. And it's so bad. Why I was just making a joke and he's trying really to, to, yeah. <laughs> to, to take it, this thing out, you know. And he's trying to take it out. And the spider took off. That was the luck. So. He booked it. Well, I hope the spider is still alive and well today. So. Um, Another shot. Oh, another shot. Yes. I'm just about to ask you about the girls in your career. So you might need it. <laughs> hmm. Mm hmm. <clears throat> now we now we going deep. now we're getting in yeah so okay tell tell us about your craziest experience with women and obviously this was before you're married but I'm mm. sure there were like orgies going on right wow <laughs> <laughs> I don't guys I didn't prep him for this one <laughs> <laughs> you throw me in like why no no that's I was not involved in that mm. not involved at all no but it's like there's of course there's there's stories about about women and um. I think I dated before I got married. I dated a, a couple pretty for women, and, mm -hmm. and with all respect to them, I think they have all families now. So, oh okay. There's 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 nothing bad to to, to say about them, you know. But there was like moments really, yeah, you, you know how it is. Like there's some crazy girls, you know, they they come, they crutch your cars and take the air yeah. out of you, <laughs> of the jealousy and like all that stuff, you know. I just I was I was just always moving, you know. I I when I was young. I was more like the guy, like, um, just enjoy life, be respectful and thankful, but. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I can imagine what happened with some of your teammates, because come on, you know, athletes, listen, they're just people. So there's some guys that are just really nice to women. And then there's some guys that are maybe not so nice. So those are the ones that are getting their, um, the air let out of their tires with like a big mm. knife in there or something. But you know, I, I tell you this, 
my experience, what I learned out of it is most of the women that tend to go to the bad guys. What is that, ladies? I don't DM know. me. You guys have to tell what? me. I have, I have no idea. But it, it's real. Like, most of the women like now the guys who have tattoos on the neck, who like maybe Wait the a minute. Guys. You have a tattoo on your neck and you're not a bad guy. No, but I'm general. Like, I mean, like, what is a bad guy? You know? Yeah, what is a bad guy? I are you say, talking about the, the physical demeanor or are you talking about like the, the core of the person? I would say like, is it the core? I, I would, I'll give you this. Like, there's people like sports guys, they do everything for the woman, right? They're yeah. like really nice men and they take care of the, of the girl and everything. And then you have guys that are like just dating, like they're out there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you can, you know, he's maybe a respectful, nice guy, but he's moving. He's not really care. He's like, I'm a playboy and I'm enjoying my life. And, and, and he says what he wants to say. So maybe the girl's like, you can't say that. Right. And he's like, yeah, then, then go. Then Bye. leave, you yeah. Know? And then the girl's like, no, I'm not leaving. Right. I'm so still they put like up you, with it. you know, and then the guy's like, yeah. he's more the player and the other one's more the nice one. But then you see most of the, the nicer girls that tend to go to the, to the, the better, better guys, not only looking wise, but the maybe ones. they treat him a little bit uh -huh. more like I give it, I don't give a care about you. Yeah. And then they're more, the girls get more attend to him than say, no, he don't care about me. You don't respect me. Bye. They're, right. they're the opposite. They go, I want guy, you more. This guy's like, why is he like? Now he's a challenge. The, all the other guys, they come to me and want me and this guy. Oh, let's go. I, uh, know, I hate that. I hate that. I'm not <laughs> judging people because I think it's human nature to want what's a little bit challenging. You know, men are hunters, yeah. but people never talk about how women like the challenge too. So women get the rap of liking the bad boys. But at the end of the day, it's just the challenge. Oh, you yeah. know, it's just wrapped sure. differently. It is. It is. It, everything in life is a challenge. And that makes it then interesting. Like if you get it just thrown out and you can take it of course you maybe take it but if it's like something like bad on it you where you can know you can burn your fingers right you would still try to take it and you burn like you know and right you're like, what is it why i want to have it that bad you know what is that that is that is god playing tricks on us teaching us lessons y'all yeah but what i really want to know you know athletes make this tremendous amount of money in a very short mm -hmm. period of time and then stereotypically you know there's a lot of athletes just kind of running through that cash um we're seeing a lot more athletes be savvy with their income like we discussed yeah. but how did you manage your income um i was lucky in a young age to have people around me to to take care of that you know i had i had times where i'm just throwing money out and, and got crazy mm. and um but then family members and then people like I'm um, working with a good um, accountant here in, in LA mm. and, um, and, and, and they keep me in share, you know, they, they call me and say, look, this is, this is play money. You want to do it, go and enjoy, have mm -hmm. fun. But this is the money you cannot touch. You know, this is what we have to do. You want to do this. You want to use money for the business. You want to use money for here. So I think you have to have people around you who be straight up honest to you too. Mm -hmm. That's the most important. I'm so glad you didn't burn through your money like, you know, some <laughs> other athletes and then you're over here like, what now? Now I'm, you have the ability to invest in, in what you to. want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to. No, it's like, you know, but I had always, um, I would say like, I'm kind of a uh, creative, like artist kind of type of guy, you know? And, yeah. Um, I had always in my time when I played already ideas, what I want to do when I'm finished. And, um, and I knew that I have just a, a, a 18 years or a short time of period to play. And then and, um, I had always idea to say, okay, I want to go into management or, um, or I want to open a concierge service or I want to yeah. do 
the coaching. So I'm I'm still always working, and I'm I'm 37 now. I'm still young. So, yes. And um, there's so much more life to come. And um, in 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 I have I have the know that I have I created five kids. So in for them alone, yeah. I have to be always out there and hustle and, and do the best I can do. It's so interesting to me. Um, I don't know why I'm having a moment right now where I'm like, you're 37 and you have five children and you've lived this <laughs> crazy life with 18 years in your professional career yeah. being this rock star. And, you know, it's like everybody's path is so different. Yeah, it, it is, you know. But for me, it's like that, that point, like yesterday I had a conversation with somebody and it's like, it's crazy to see it from two different angles. So if you go with the first one, I started everything young, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, of course, I don't want it to get divorced, but that's life. Sometimes stuff happens, and now it's more important to be there for my kids. But then now, single ladies, I'm on the market. Oh, shit. <laughs> DM him. So, Slide up in the DMs. Be there. So <laughs> if you want to go out, let's go. Oh, my God. Know? I love that. I'm so pimping you out at my next charity event. <laughs> it's happening. You know, and, and now I'm just, I'm just enjoying. Like, I'm 37. I have my five kids. I was married 16 years. And um. I'm, I'm building companies and working on stuff right now. So yeah. I'm just I'm just moving and just want to have a good time. And, and who I meet, who I hang out, is just have respect and, and be a nice human being and, and, and let go what goes, you know? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your next steps with business. You mentioned a, a sports agency, a concierge business. Like, what are you really focusing on that you want people to know about? Um, I, I think a lot of people know that my, my focus was always, like I said, coaching. Mm -hmm. But then I stepped a little bit away because, um, of course, the divorce too. I, I, I focused a little bit on different stuff. And then I started the sport entertainment agency mm -hmm. because I think that um, we can represent players in general better in marketing or in soccer here in America better than... than What's the, out there. Out, yeah. And um, especially if you see I come from the opposite side. I come from Europe. I know how big it is over there. Mm. And I see how big brands like Bundesliga and all the people coming over here where they're seeing here's just a huge market. Like mm. if you see, we, we, we had sold like six of top players to Europe, to Germany. And they're all playing in top divisions. They're playing off American national teams. And, and that shows you that the market is really, really big here. But we just have to have the right people who can pick them. So with my background, mm. I can help kids to make their next develop and go maybe to Europe, help them to make the next step. Maybe stay here in America and, and go to MLS, you know. And mm. so that's like that's 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 a project I had, and I, I'm working still on it. In 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 like a, in a concierge service, yeah. So I had a good friend of mine who was in Germany. He was my driver, and he did all for me when I played over there. Mm. And um, when I got back to Germany, he asked me, and he said, um, "What are you doing right now?" And I said, "I have this agency," and he's like. Can we not take the the name of the agency and put it into like a concierge service too? Mm. And I'm like, so what we're looking about it? And then we looked into it, and 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 I think it's 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 really interesting, especially if you see in LA around the summertime when all the soccer players are from Europe come. Mm. It's like they want to have setups, they want to have like nightclubs, they want to have boats, they want to have time to enjoy restaurants yeah, without having to worry about exactly. making the reservations and the details themselves. And I'm sure you also have access to stuff that they wouldn't. Exactly. Have access to. Exactly. And you, you and then it's at the part is like um most of them they know me from playing, so they know they can trust me. So mm -hmm. I will not take the money off their pockets where I know they have it. But uh, and then the next step is um if you come to LA and you don't know it, people always say, Oh, I hate LA where everything's closing at two. But mm. then if you have the right people, you know that's LA. Keep the party going. It's always one house parties going. Right. You know, in 
in meeting that's like something too i love to connect people meeting mm. greets like so if you have the, the 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 big guys coming from europe and they have like some names and then you have big actors or big people here mm. and they meet each other it's like you can see the difference of how big like some players that come over and nobody knows them kind of and they have 30 million followers on instagram right and then you have like top guys over here that have just like five million in there they face each other and you see the how to respect this like they're not really the, 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 the American guys don't really know soccer mm. and the German guys, they're really looking up to this actors and all that stuff, you know, and mm. it's so funny, but they have way more followers than that guys. Yeah. But then bringing them all together is something where I'm really interested and I love to do. And so having all these connections with like, uh, with boats, cars and all this stuff around the world. So I was thinking like, maybe that's, that's something where I look in. And so we, we started looking in and so this is yeah. how I met you. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's potential for us to collab on that. So we'll keep you guys posted for sure. Um, we are officially out of time, but okay. before we go, I want you to look at the camera and speak into the mic and send each of your kids some love one by one. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, but I think it's uh, all my kids know. I would start with my oldest one. He's right now. He's with, with his his father-in-law, but he knows that I'm. I talked with him this morning. Mm. He knows I, I love him. Um, What's his be, name? Keanu. Keanu knows that I love him. He will always, he knows that I'm there for him when he needs me. And um, my daughter is like a little bit tougher with Leah. She's going through her emotions right now through the breakup, mm, you know, but she's 16. And um, uh, um, we don't talk since seven months, but whenever you want, you can reach out. You know, I love Aww. you. You're my daughter and um, I will be always there for you. And then my twins, Junius and Kenyon, I just can say like people who've been around them and know them, they know they have so much energy and mm. they are just give everybody back what um, what they think, what they feel in them. It's just fun time and I enjoy every minute with them. Mm. And then, yeah, my youngest one, my pumpkin. Your baby. JD, she, I think she's the diamond. And this is, um, a lot of people don't know. And um, I always say it, I said, she's my mini me, she's my diamond. She got born uh, 12, 12, 12. Oh, okay. In, uh, in the day where she got born in the radio, got played Rihanna Diamond. Oh, my God. You know, All and, right. And, um, and she's just, like, powerful. I think she will be, like, a powerful human being. I cannot wait to see her as a grown woman. And oh, my she's God. She's so, so, so strong. And in general, with six years, how much power and how much love she gives her mom and me in this situation right now, mm. it's, it's just incredible. And I can say I thank all my kids for that, what they're doing right now. Yeah. Wow, that was amazing. What a beautiful family. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Jenna Ben Show. We air every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We re-air every Sunday at 7 p.m. You can find us at The Jenna Ben Show. I'm The Jenna Ben on Instagram. Jermaine is? Jermaine Jr. On Instagram as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next week.